Welcome to the Sal and Rich Show. Today we honor all the men and women who have served and are serving in the United States. Air Force, Navy, Army, Marines, and Coast Guard. We thank you for your service. Today we are honored to have United States Air Force veteran Stan Balecki. Take it away, Sal, and Stan, thank you for your service. Here we go. We finally got it to work. Yesterday we had, oh, a couple days ago, we did an interview with Gabrielle McCluskey. It went perfectly. And today, of course, <laughs> nothing goes perfectly two days in a row. Right, Rich? It's Murphy's Law. <laughs> It sure is. Or, it sure or is. Riverside Law. Or Riverside, it's Riverside Law. Law. Welcome, Stan Balecki. Yes. Thank you for being here. Happy to be here. Um, Happy to have you. Absolutely. In fact, one com opening com for me would be uh, Sal, you and I, I remember you from high school. Great yep. memories. Uh, yep. His sense of humor hasn't changed a bit. <laughs> uh, we were in the, the band together. I'm Rich. Yep. I don't remember you, nah. but you did. He did marry someone that I, you know, uh, I was kind of close with. You know, Jan was in the orchestra too, yes. and uh, we both played string bass. And she remembers me because I was always there to tune hers, to tune the the string bass that she could. Oh, do the it. bass. Okay, <laughs> I knew well, he was going there. As she, as she as she left for mahjong today. I think I pissed her off. She said, I should have married Stan. That was the end of it. <laughs> no way. <laughs> oh, man. You've been living in California that's, today. That's right. You know, Stan, it's so funny you mentioned um, the band. I could not remember what you were playing. I thought you played uh, a horn instrument, but I guess I was wrong. You yeah, played so, bass. Uh, I think when I, I signed I followed my cousin who was playing string bass. So I uh, was a year behind him. I ended up doing string bass too. So I ended up playing bass guitar and things like that. But That's in great. the marching band, we didn't carry the string bass. Right. We, so I ended up with a baritone horn. Oh, okay. Smaller so than the remember. tuba, but it, Yeah. Yeah. And I yeah. had to carry the sousaphone. So you played this. Sousaphone. Yeah. With uh, Tommy Quayle. <clears throat> and Tommy and I played in grade school at Our Lady of Grace. Our, our, so, um, are you yeah. two going to play today or uh, what? No, <laughs> Gabrielle have, sang. Yeah, I know she did <laughs> sing. I, I should have, um, you know, I haven't picked up a sousaphone in like 55 years, so uh, there's no way I'm going to play. But you're still playing bass guitar, that's cool. Well, I'm guitar, I'm playing guitar now and then, but not not regularly, not okay. like Tommy Quayle does. Oh, yeah, those guys are they're in a different league. <laughs> So you have a little doggy there, your puppy. Is that Oliver. safe to assume? Is that Oliver? <laughs> That's yeah, Oliver. This is Oliver. He's a year old and he is a veteran, but I invited him anyway. Um, <laughs> He's adorable. I'm trying to keep That's, him. That's great. He is never on. I do video things and he never gets on my lap for that. But today really? he wants to say hi. So well, You want to be in the Sal and Rich show. Okay. Everybody wants to be on the show, right, Rich? <laughs> Everybody wants to be here. Yes. <laughs> We're just lining people up left and right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, um, thank you for taking the time, Stan. We really appreciate this. Um, you and I chatted um, a couple of days ago and talked a little bit about your career. And it turns out that 
um, my career in IT and Stan's kind of were in parallel universes. We both were in the classified world and um, it's about all we can say, but it was um, interesting to see your path. And then you wound up after leaving the Air Force, you wound up working for a small company that I, I knew very well in Reston Park. Uh, in Reston, they were on the parkway there. It's called Sitor. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about how you got into the Air Force and, you know, the whole the, that, that led you to make those decisions? Okay, I, I, I'll do. I'll be as succinct as I can here. So, as I think back, uh, the '60s, uh, you know, that was uh, the thing that got me excited in life was keeping up with uh, the Apollo missions from uh, NASA, the manned space flight program. Mercury, you know, uh, uh, John Glenn flew on my sister's birthday. I can remember that. Uh, Gemini was an exciting set of missions, and then Apollo walking on the moon—that was pretty great. And that happened while we were in high school. Right. And uh, so I I was attracted to the space program and I, I don't know about being an astronaut so much, maybe, but I really wanted to be a pilot. So uh, when I was in high school, I can remember in my junior year, we had an, an aeronautics class. It was, a, <laughs> you know, it was unusual, I think. Yeah. yeah. There was like five or seven guys that signed up for it. There's a picture of the of the. Uh, they call it the Aeronautics Club, I think. But there was a class. There was a, a woman pilot that te that taught it. She took us for rides uh, on, uh, on the light aircraft, and uh, and it got me excited. I had friends that had fathers that were pilots and stuff, so I thought I was going to do that. Right. And, and then there was a the draft occurred. So hmm. there were three drafts that that I was watching. You know, 1970, 71, and 72. So uh, my birthday is actually coming up here, uh, the 25th of November. Um, that date, uh, in the first draft, it showed up as nine, number 23. Oh, boy. So it's like, well, that's kind of, it wouldn't affect me because it's my year. But right. it's, I said, okay, well, what are the chances of my birthday showing up low? And uh, the next year, uh, my number, my birthday showed up as uh, 97. Oh, boy. Still a, a yeah. number. You know, so uh, uh, I was kind of making some plans. I knew I wanted to go to college. Uh, I applied for the Air Force Academy. I thought that was going to be a, a possible direction uh, and looked into some other things. And then the next draft was uh, and I ended up, uh, you know, not going to the academy. I went to St. Joe's College, turned now at St. Joseph's University. I went through an Air Force ROTC program. Uh, the draft that affected me, affected our class. Right. Birthday came out as number twenty-five. Mm. So I never, I never was. I was always a threat. I think yeah. for for getting, uh, and that probably was motivation. I think about uh, when I go places and people will ask, hey, you know, who's a veteran in the group?" And you know, I'll, I'll raise my hand or stand up, and it's like five percent of the crowd were veterans, and that always, I always thought that was curious you know mm -hmm. but i look back and i the draft driving you know that draft really did force me to to go in a direction so i decided to go in the military uh air force rotc uh it was uh you know uh exciting stuff i was i learned how to uh, to fly when i was in college and uh i had military physicals and they'd uh, check me out and say hey you're passing the, you know you're as healthy as a pilot needs to be. You know, my eyes were good. I was physically good. 
and uh, I was tall. So I, I was six, six. <laughs> and uh, when I went uh, to get the physical, you know, uh, they'd see me walking in and they go, okay, we're going to measure you, but we're going to put, they set the maximum was foot four and they, they set the level of the, of the ruler. And they said, okay, get up, get in there and stand up underneath of that. <laughs> so I kind of squatted to, in order to be a couple inches shorter. And they wrote me down as six foot four and uh, my sitting height was acceptable for small aircraft. So I was good. I graduated from college in uh, 75. Uh, I expected to get uh, a pilot, you know, orders that said, I go to pilot training. Well, it didn't happen. The Vietnam War was, you know, I think it officially was over, but they were, we were still pulling troops out. And right. uh, I ended up uh, not, not getting a, a pilot slot to start with. Uh, it, it was actually over a year later uh, that I got my orders, and I actually went on active duty uh, in July of 1976. So I had a now, year where, where of hanging Where were you stationed at that point? You were at home? Well, I was, I, was, I was living at home. I lived at home okay. and commuted to Philadelphia. Okay. And uh, the job that, that carried me through the end of college was I worked in a record shop. I worked in mm. uh, Keller's House of Music, and uh, the, the coincidence there is that it was in the shopping center that was over the hill from Paul the Sixth. So, oh yeah, uh, I thought yeah. that was a that was a fun coincidence. I can see oh, Paul West, Westmont Shopping Center. Yeah. So uh, I went mm. on. Uh, I, I had to pick another career field because I wasn't going to get a pilot job. So I uh, looked at the list and chose space systems. Uh, because it sounded almost like that's what I want to do. Well, right. uh, the order sent me to Colorado Springs, and uh, Colorado's a, Colorado Springs is a military town. There's yeah. an Air Force Academy there. I wasn't going there. Uh, there was a, a base, and then there's a NORAD, and uh, that's the the headquarters of where uh, you know the defense for the, for the United States, but also for North America completely. It would be defense for uh, Canada as well, and uh, ballistic missiles. Right. We uh, well, there was a, there was a <clears throat> ballistic missile job, a missile warning job, and then there was a satellite tracking job. Now everybody should have heard of you know NORAD Christmas Eve NORAD tracks Santa Claus. Right. And uh, that <laughs> tracking is what I was assigned to. So okay. I was going to learn how to track all the. The satellites, the 10,000 pieces that we would keep track of. Crazy. Yeah. And it was an accounting job. So I ended up doing that for a couple years. And then uh, they sent me to one of the remote sites because it was time to, uh, oh, I, I got to finish. So Colorado Springs, two years, my first time away from home. I move out there. I do get an apartment. I uh, get myself comfortable with uh, living, you know, being a bachelor in Colorado Springs. I, I get assigned to a job and I meet this young lady. So I met my wife in Colorado Springs. She was actually an Indiana girl, but uh, it just was a magical time for us. And uh, so in the first two years, we, uh, we got married, we bought a house. I had a boy, had a son, and uh, then I get sent on a remote tour. Uh, my wife said, I didn't sign up for that because she stayed in Colorado with a child and a house. And I went to Thule, Greenland, which you may have heard about. Yeah. Uh, it was Thule Air Force Base. 
been renamed. It's mm. uh, Space Force Base, and it's got a new name that I can't remember or I can't pronounce. But I spent a year up there. Uh, and the job that they were planning to bring me back to was going to be space accounting, you know, just tracking and counting right. satellites and, you know, figuring out orbit orbits. Did and your I, wife go up to Greenland? It's a remote tour and uh, it's unaccompanied. So I lived in a barracks with a bunch of, you know, some married and single guys. And, uh, you know, we went off to the radar site each day to work, uh, you know, work on console and look for the missiles. Right. You know, that was a big, I worked at a BMU site, just ballistic missile early warning. Right. But that really wasn't a fun job. It was important, but not fun. But what's also up on at Thule was a, was a satellite command and control station that uh, they sent commands and satellites and they were doing important stuff. So I made, you know, I'm in the O club after serve, you know, uh, having a few beers and uh, somebody came up to me and said, Hey, have you heard about this? And they told me about uh, Sunnyvale, California. And that's where uh, um, a lot of the defense satellites, you know, were controlled from when they got their start. So, um, the satellite control facility uh, located very close to Moffett Naval Air Station, which is in, Mo in Mountain View, California, Northern California, the southern tip of uh, the San Francisco Bay. Right. So uh, we lived in San Jose um, and I raised my I had two sons. I raised my two sons in San Jose. Um, five, I served five years. My final five years in the Air Force were there at this satellite control facility. The fun part of that job was uh, I worked my way into the control team that uh, was going to support the, the space shuttle, which was a new launch system. You know, NASA flew Apollo. Yeah. The last flight was 1975. How are we going to fly? Well, the, they were developing a space shuttle. It didn't fly until 1981, but I worked in it with a team and our job was to, uh, provide Air Force ground system support to the space shuttle missions. And that had, every to, be, that had to be fun. So it was kind of exciting. Yeah, that had to be a blast. Well, that was fun. The, the, the fun part was uh, the space shuttle was a, a launch system. So satellites were designed and built to fit inside the bay of the space shuttle. And uh, when it was an, a, a DOD or an Air Force mission, um, they, uh, my team was used to interface with uh, the NASA flight controllers to do the mission. We didn't talk to the astronauts, but we right. would talk to the team and relay something to the to the PACOM or to the, uh, the 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 CAPCOM, and then he would tell the, the the crew to do something, and they were controlling the satellites that we were worried about. It was exciting. Yeah, we did that for five years. I decided eight years was enough. I didn't want to go remote again. I didn't want to. It, we liked the North Bay. I mean, the, we liked San Jose. And uh, I ended up uh, leaving the Air Force, joining a team um, that worked at uh, Cytor Corporation. And I spent 30 years touching all kinds of satellite programs. And it was a lot of fun. And if it wasn't for the, my military time, uh, I wouldn't have had discovered that company and I wouldn't have gotten involved in a lot of other exciting stuff. So, so how many years did you do in the military? I was an eight year veteran. 
eight-year veteran. Okay. Two years in Colorado, one year in Greenland, five years in the South Bay. And Bay. did you have to go through like a typical boot camp when you joined? Well, I went through Air Force ROTC, and what they had, they sent me to a six-week summer camp. I think it was the the summer after my freshman year in college. Okay. I went to Columbus, Ohio. All right. And uh, first, I think that's the first time I flew in an airliner was uh, to fly to uh, uh, to Ohio to spend six weeks, and they'd uh, it was a bunch of guys that were ROTC. You know, they were they were in college. And right. the plan was to come out of that as a second lieutenant. And uh, it was, uh, I can remember waking up at 6 a.m. and going, you know, making your bed, running outside. You know, the reveille was playing. You know, the drill. You know, you'd wake up to the morning sound, still running a couple miles. Had to eat quick and get ready for some uh, training and classes. But wow. it was interesting and fun. But So six weeks of that, not too bad. Yeah, that's not bad. You Jeez, were, you were fortunate that... Uh, you didn't, you know, like typical, you know, you go out for uh, three months, I think is what I remember army, you know, you do that. Um, you talked about, um, site <clears throat> tour and, um, your 30 years there, which is uh, amazing. Uh, cause today, as we all know, not many people are with one company that long. It's uh, it's a different environment from when our parents went to work. <clears throat> I was lucky. I had 20 years at TRW and then yeah. went off and did a bunch of other different things. Um, your one thing I want to get to about your experience in the, uh, being uh, in the Air Force, I like to ask uh, vets, what is it that you took from that experience that helped you at SciTour or for the rest of your life? What 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 disciplines came out of that experience? Well, you have to learn how to to communicate pretty uh, succinctly. You have to respect the chain of command. Um, and, but you need to uh, be able to pro solve problems. Hmm. So uh, I think uh, a big part of the team that I worked with at SITOR, we had a lot of ex-military. So we understood, you know, uh, an Air Force officer in a position probably will be there for two to four years. And uh, you have to develop a relationship not just with your government customer, but with, uh, you know, the other companies that are there. So right. you have to be a team builder. So I'd say a lot of those things uh, came out of my Air Force experience. What was your rank when you left? I left as a captain. So oh, I was an 03. Wow. Uh, oh, okay. That's just by keeping your, your nose clean and uh, right. doing your job. So, um, so uh, I will say, you know, we were close to a Navy base in Sunnyvale and uh, we'd go in there and, you know, you know, Captain Balecki, okay, <laughs> uh, you go to the front of the line because a Navy captain is an 06. They're like a colonel. Oh, and they okay. treat, they, it's funny. People that were confused about that kind of stuff. I must have looked older too. So. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say to um, someone, a young, a young person that's thinking about going into the military today? What, what advice would you give that person? Well, I do believe that uh, the military is a great start for, for many people, most people. Uh, it, it just introduces you to a lot of responsibility and information. You know, you learn about your country, right. you learn about the defense world, you understand how we fit in the world. 
I think that's that's a huge thing. Um, and if you know most people that were my age, you know, even coming out of college, you know, you pick a major, that doesn't mean you know what you want to do. And uh, the Air Force will give you, you know, they'll give you a job, and you're gonna find out what you like or don't like. Right. And uh, I think that's a great start for people. So to your credit. I mean, you went into the service, what, 1975, you said? Well, 76 was my start of active duty. I mean, a lot of people our age didn't even want to think about the service yeah. back then. I give you credit. Well, we talked about the draft. Yeah. And and I've thought about why, you know, why me? Why am I standing up at a at a party and, and, the, and most people aren't because they, they aren't veterans. It's just, you know, the luck of the draw. And kind of the interest I had, you know, I think if I didn't have a low draft number, maybe I would have uh, gone in the NASA civilian space direction, you know. Yeah. But uh, the military direction was was I, I I couldn't have it couldn't have worked out better in my life. When you think about the um, the eight years from the time we went to Paul Six till you graduated college, those were tumultuous years. You think about the late sixties the assassinations, the Vietnam War, the Tet Offensive. I mean, these are the historical moments that you're trying to make decisions. And I, we, you know, we all went through this. I was fortunate and so was Rich that my draft number was like 350. And so it was never a possibility that I would be drafted. But I do remember sitting around the table with my parents who were really worried about what my number was going to be. And um, and having some serious discussions about, well, you know, how would you respond and what would you do if your number was low and all of that. And um, I just it stuck with me that I was so fortunate because I had a friend of mine who I went to grade school with uh, and wound up going to Sterling and his number was two. So he was I mean, he was gone immediately in a few weeks. Uh, and I remember him going. I think he went into the um, army and he kind of said he picked his. His, uh, his military group that he wanted to be a part of. But I, I'll never forget that period. And, you know, in, and history is an important thing for us to not forget. Uh, and when you put it in that context, there's a, there was a lot going on into your decision. So it sounds like, obviously, you made the right decision because it was a great experience. <clears throat> yeah, I, I got a story, quick story here. Yeah. Um, so I was living in... Lindenwall, New Jersey. I went to St. Lawrence School. Okay. And uh, I lived uh, right on a lake, you know, across, we lived across the street from the lake, a house my dad built. He had a plumbing and heating business. And uh, we, I would help him in some summers, but I did not, that was not my goal in a career. But we talked about, you know, I'm going to put Balecki and Son, uh, <laughs> plumbing and heating. It's like, that on the truck yet you know but uh, they my parents supported me town but um so uh, i graduated in may of 75 i'm waiting for orders to come that send me to pilot training when i finally do get orders it's april of 76 so i'm sitting in the back stoop of our house where we use the back door as our main entrance and uh there was a relatively new house next to us and uh my mom is sitting there with me, an envelope from the Air Force. I open it up. It's got my uh, report date. You know, you're going to Colorado, you know, in July. And uh, so we're, we're talking about that. And then we look over to the house next to us, and there's a, a young couple looking at the house 
and they're going to, they're interested in buying it. Well, they do buy it. And it turns out it was Tom Quayle and his wife. No. So Tom is a classmate of ours. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he still lives in the house next to where I grew up. Yeah. He raised three, three kids. And I could only imagine, you know, I was away. I raised my family away from home and my parents didn't see, you know, didn't see their grandkids a lot. We didn't have yep. video telecons. Right. So I imagine that they'd look over and see the kids running around. They just imagine, you know, their, their young grandkids are yeah. running around like that. Oh, that's a great story. So, I, I went to grade school with Tommy. So uh, I've known Tommy since the third grade and, uh, and, and they're still in that house. You're right. Cause <laughs> I send him Christmas cards every year. Um, but that's, that's super, it's such a small world, such a small world, you know? Um, so did your parents get to see the grandchildren often? They would come out once a year and we'd get back every other year. We travel back to New Jersey and, uh, you know, they, uh, they saw them, but it's not like living 30 minutes away, you know, it'd, it'd be a phone call, but it was difficult. And you know, been, my uh, father was born and raised in Seattle. I never well, met my grandfather till I was 12, 13 years old. Wow. And it was like walking up to a, a brick wall. There was no emotion whatsoever. Mm. It was just kind of strange because he was in the service during World War II. And so for some reason, he wound up in Philadelphia, I guess because of my mother. But uh, I mean, hmm. I never met him. I yeah. met my grandfather once or twice in my life. Yeah. And I had my, the exact uh, opposite experience. Uh, I, I had, grew up uh, with my grandparents. I'm sorry, Stan. Go ahead. <clears throat> and that—that's fact. So I had one. Uh, I can remember my my grandfather. I took his his name for my confirmation name. I remember that. And I remember telling him that. And I think he was on his deathbed when that happened. Mm. So when when is that? When how old are we? When we ten, twelve? Yeah, ten or twelve. Well, yeah. So uh, my, my, I remember my grandparents. And my my parents uh, my parents have been gone since two thousand one, so I was in my forties when I lost my parents, and they uh, they knew they were young kids, but they you know they weren't going to be great grandparents. Yeah, they wouldn't see that. <laughs> but I now live. Uh, I have one grandchild, and she's a little girl, three and a half, and she lives about twenty miles from us. So that's, that's great. That's nice. It's great. It that's great. great. Um, speaking you, of classmates, occasionally, right? Speaking of classmates, you have a couple of guys out there that are nearby. You got Phil Militello, right? Who lives lives in California. Who, who's I know I'm forgetting who the other person is. There's a couple of guys out there. That's so it. Bob uh, DeLisa, yeah. Bob DeLisa. So 1975, I think Bob went to Rutgers, and uh, 1975 he took a job in San Francisco. So he was in San Francisco the longest. Okay. Uh, I came in 1979. I came to San Jose, so I was a few years behind. And then Phil Militello, uh, he his uh, he and his wife uh, they met in uh, at, when they went to college in uh, in uh, Goshen. Oh no, no, I forget where college he went to. But he was uh, um, they met in college and. Uh, they lived in California and they, in, they moved back East a couple of times and they moved, they lived in a number of different places, but they ended up coming back to California and settling in Napa. Oh, so nice. uh, they live in Napa. I live in Walnut Creek and Bob lives in Livermore. And if you look on a map, you draw a line and it's uh, 
You know, I dissect the line between yep. Napa and it's that. We see that's, each other. We just saw each other last weekend. That's great. Uh, that's great. great. The West Coast contingent. <laughs> we ever have another reunion, yes, you guys got to fly out. out. Well, I'll tell you, I'm, uh, if we keep talking like this and keep uh, being close to each other and I keep getting birthday notices about classmates, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I'm excited. <laughs> I really want to. I'd love to come back. So we'll see. So be, what is it, three years away? Uh, about two years. Is, yeah. We talked 55. Well, 55 so we graduated in 71. So yeah. two, three years. Yeah. Yeah. We'll yeah. see if we can round well, I know up. Bob, Bob DeLiso really wants to come back. And he, in fact, he raised his family in San Francisco, three kids, all three relocated to the East Coast for college and have stayed on. So oh. his kids are all East Coast. So That's he funny. goes back a lot. And I think he could fit the reunion in easily. It would be a little more of a challenge for me, but I'd love to come back for it. Well, we will keep you in. Hope you obviously, you'll be on the invite list. We're trying so. to get those numbers up. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's great. Um, I think uh, we'll wrap it up. We try to. Well, keep they this participated. To... They participated in the reunion, right? Yes, they you did. Sent your picture. You sent your photograph in. Yep. Baseball. You're at the uh, Giants game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was the first one in the photo album, I think, because it was the day before. Yes. Yeah, that was great. So you're not an Eagles fan, Stan? <laughs> oh, you want to talk about that? <laughs> so I've been in uh, California. <laughs> years Talk it about wasn't that. hard well when i went in the air force i went to colorado here's the part right. i was an eagles and phillies fan and they couldn't do shit until i left home and uh <laughs> so i'm in colorado and i there's no usa today there's no internet per se right. there's no espn there's no way to up with the games you know so right. it was easy to, to to fade away from it. and then uh i came to california and i came to a sports mecca you know, uh, the 49ers uh, had just hired Bill Walsh. Yeah. Uh, the so dynasty. San Francisco 49ers won me over. The San Francisco Giants, historic. I can remember listening to Phillies games. You know, they, the games against San Francisco, they'd start at, at 1030 at night. So I'd listen on the radio and I'd hear half the game and I'd wake up and I'd miss the end, you know, <laughs> and I'd have to wake up and catch the news to find out if they won. And of course, the newspaper would not have the results right. on a late yeah. night game. So, anyway, yeah. so I'm, I'm a West Coast fan, and there's so many colleges and great sports programs. It was easy to to convert. So now, when I on my apps, I I track the Niners initially, and then I do track the Eagles for their success. Yeah, the Eagles but, and the Phillies uh, have really come December, alive. I, it's great. It's great to see that. So I'm excited. I just don't walk, walk around with the Phillies hat much. Though. <laughs> well, um, we, things changed here too. And what, within yeah. like, well, you, they, everybody had a Phillies hat and the next day it was gone. I hear you. <laughs> they get pissed off quick here. Well, I mean, they, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a great run. I mean, unfortunately they didn't make it to the world series, but it you know, yeah. it was a good year. So uh, we're going to wrap this puppy up. Uh, we try to keep to about 30 minutes and, um, Again, oh, uh, yeah, one more second. Make, yes, go ahead. I just remembered. I think, I think uh, Stan has the list. You served in the Air Force, Jeff Stroud, and I think there were two other guys. One guy in California. I, I don't. 
I have a list, but I don't know where it is. Forget where I put it. But uh, there were a handful. Um, yeah. um, Don Pagliano. Pagliaro. Pagliano. I think he was a 20-plus year Navy guy. Okay. That was impressive. Yep. Yes. You talked yeah. to, I did talk to Fran Mishuli, as you did. He put a few years in in, in the Marine Marines. Yeah. Marines, yep. And that yep. looked like fun. And uh, and you mentioned uh, – yeah, I don't have the list in front of me. I forgot. John, John Buttle. Yeah, I think there was four. Nice... Yeah, he was a Marine, I think. Buttle? I think I'm not sure. I think you said. I think I recall yeah, you saying he was great. The other person I want to mention, Stan. I don't know if you remember Ken Pepperisi. Uh, he didn't graduate with us, but he was in the Air Force. He lives up in New Hampshire. So uh, a big shout out to all those people, and and uh, and again, uh, uh, gratitude for the, for their service. Um, Absolutely. Thank you, Stan. Really appreciate this. Um, we always pick out a song to end with. And, uh, you know, we talked about the turbulent times that we grew up in. And I like this song from uh, Marvin Gaye. What's going on? 1971 is a great song. And it, the words say it all. They really do. Again, thank you. Take care, guys. Far too many of you die. You know we've got to find a way to bring some love here today. Father, Father, we don't need to escalate. You see, war is not the answer for only love. Don't punish me with brutality Talk to me so you can see
Can't see what's going on. 